Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go, Jerry. Let's do a little more. We've got to make this one a little more energetic. You've been sick, though. You had the sinuses were bad. This is the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is a podcast about board games and other stuff. We're going to talk about some board games tonight. When you're sick, you have sinus stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but yet, I pushed through. You I did podcast. I even worked. I went to work sick. You, you even availed yourself of some entertainment. Are we going to talk about that at some point? Or is that on the hush-hush? No, go ahead. No, we're not going to talk about it because it's secret. Oh, okay. Are we? I don't know. I just got one word for you. It's Tenet. just me and you. Oh, it's just me. Wait, and wait, you. wait. Let me let me interlock my fingers together. Oh, that's how you know that somebody is a tenant. So that's like if you live in an apartment building and you're locked outside of it and you can't get in, dues. you show your interlock fingers, and that's how the people know that you're a tenant of that the, building the and tenant, you can get in. The get tenant is showing tenant. Yes, going in tentatively into the tenements. But then you should go in the back door in reverse backwards that whole show made no sense to me but i i loved it i have listened to the soundtrack. i did not love it i have listened to the soundtrack i cried watching it i'll watch this the soundtrack i love the soundtrack it's a great soundtrack. i guess i'll have to listen to it because it didn't catch my ears upon first listen well it's because you were so captivated by did, uh our pat our pat our pat's my guy from here on out goodbye dicaprio hello our pat he's my new uh maximus decimus as far they need to remake gladiator put our pat in there see what maximus he can do decimus ultimus ultima nissan ultima i love him he's doing great he's probably the best how old is he how old is our pat 33 years old and he has done so much to help us all through our time of covid need to release a movie during yeah it's great I he single-handedly it. is saving cinema cinema yes cinema has been saved what other shows are coming out so basically it's been sonic Milan. the hedgehog tenant bill and ted what else is coming out bond milan oh that was awful uh Charlie bond. gets upset when i say milan I'm <laughs> get off my land. <laughs> get off my land. I'm really looking forward to James Bond, mainly because I want Daniel Craig to be done with this, so that uh oh uh by the Bane looks of his face over. in this one he is Tom Hardy's Shots taking fired. Over. Oh, mm. they've been talking about Tom Hardy since Tom Hardy's hit it big. Hey, look, just like they talked about, going to be been, the new Bond. They've been, <laughs> they've been talking about uh. Id Elb the same way. Who's Il? Oh, Ed- Idris Elba. Uh, yes. What about B Dick? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought for B Dick. Benedict Cumberpatch. That's right. <laughs> B Dick. No, you can't use the first. You can't cut his name, his first name, into pieces. I like B Dick and T Hard. B Dick and T Hard for Bond 2020. I feel like this turned into a rated R podcast all of a sudden. All We're right, shortening names. Hey, speaking of rated R stuff, isn't it isn't isn't it weird? You're, I was like, thinking, you're really into that rub now, aren't you? I am. Hi, I was, hi everybody. If the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Heck, I know I would. With a tall, cool Budweiser. Adult beverages. 
Why do we refer to them as adult beverages? Because you're supposed to be an adult before you start drinking them. Correct. But how come not we don't anything use- to do with triple X movies? Yeah, we don't refer not to Xander anything- Cage. Yeah, we don't refer to anything else as adult. Like it's like this is an, an adult uh, book. Like right, this, this, yeah, this is an adult There's young movie. adult books. I know, but it's like well, this is not an adult movie. It's just rated R. Are there other consumable goods that are rated as adult? Like besides just adult beverages, are there adult foods that kids shouldn't eat? Well, like, I mean, like there are flakes. adult. There oh, are flakes ad- adult. <laughs> no, mueslix, mueslix, and grape nuts. Definitely adult. adult. This is an adult cereal. Porn flakes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that written down? You just been waiting for that setup of your I own self. Have. I had to take 20 minutes to set that up. Oh, I read that off of a, off of a meme. Of a course meme. you did. Of course. Anything that you have that's good, you stole. Ah, yes. Uh, it's plagiarism. And we're anti-plagiarism per that's our true. previous episodes. We're, yes. still, we're out there making sure other things aren't plagiarized. And if I knew who to accredit that porn flakes joke to, I would. That's a good joke. <laughs> that's a good joke. There is, there's baby food. There's yeah, but that's that's really pretentious because you could eat baby food. So is it truly baby food if you could eat it? It's food especially targeted towards babies. But there's nothing that's adult food. No. My wife just walked into the kitchen. She's about to make some adult food. She's making biscuits and gravy. Where's your kids speaking of? Uh, they are locked into their room. I told them there what daddy's got a podcast. Doesn't matter. <laughs> But my wife is now. She Do you care. refer to yourself in third person as daddy all the time? Uh, actually, here's here's something that's really weird that Bubba pointed out. So we were talking about terms that people use that make uh, that are used amongst your household, like how you refer to your significant other. Uh, and so, like you know, like like you always call your wife babe, like babe. Uh, every time you talk to Gina, do I? I? Her, yeah, you do. Hey, babe. Yeah, constantly. Oh, I don't even notice. You don't even notice. My wife refers to me, since we've had kids now, as daddy. And Bubba, <laughs> Bubba pointed out to me the other day how... As long as it's not big daddy, we're good. Yeah, yeah as, as how uncomfortable that is, like to be just talking amongst things. And she doesn't call you Jerry. She just says, hey, daddy. And it's like, yeah, but that, Dad. you know... That's a thing. You lose your identity when you have kids. You're no well, longer. It's also about context and where you are under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right. So in terms <laughs> of coming of up with names, there you go. Call me daddy from here on out. <laughs> I will never call you daddy. Call me the board gaming daddy. Daddy's got to go to work. I demand it. I'm going to start referring to myself as a third person as the board. We gaming need to change daddy. the name of this podcast. Board game daddies. Board game, yeah. All right. What and why daddy? Talking? Why daddy? Like dad? dad? No, because dad sounds. But that's old. like daddy that, is like, cool. Dad daddy. is like you're only you are talking to your father. Yeah, daddy is like both affectionate. Not, yeah, and more light hearted. It's something that a young child calls you, but at the same time, it's daddy? also a term of endearment. I'm trying to think if I ever called my actual father dad, daddy. What did what did you call I, him? As dad, dad. I called mine D-A-D. sergeant. Sar- <laughs> sergeant Baker. 
What did you call it? Reporting for duty. All right, now I need you to go down there to that uh, tiger place. Apply yourself a job. Forget the emu, son. <laughs> They're not going to save us. <laughs> that's that's bringing back bad memories. Do you have anything from Best Life or Ranker that you can uh, talk Speaking of Tiger King, Carol Baskins, the next star of Dancing With. Mm. I mean, can we not just cancel this show now? When you're going to Carol Baskins as dancing with a... She didn't even... Oh, my God. That, like, irritates me so bad, dancing with the stars. How loose a term has the stars become? I know. Like, if you had to choose a star that you'd like to see to dance, who would it be? Besides B-Dick and T-Hard. Are you talking about an actual star? Yeah, well, a star. An actual star, not a gaseous cloud of light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the sun. Actual, yes. I want to see the sun. Which constellation would you like Soul. to see, Mambo Number Five? <laughs> oh, uh, Alpha Centauri. Um, you know who I? Is that a rapper? Let's Keanu. Let's just go that's, Keanu. That's Kentashi Six Nine. That sounds like a star. Then that, then that, that rapper that ratted everybody out. I don't out. know. I don't know. I don't. If if it's somebody I see on a regular basis on Snapchat, I just I don't even. That's like Bad Baby. That's the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh, she's a millionaire now. Thank you, Doctor Phil. Yeah, yeah. Let's reward bad behavior. Good job, guys. Good I job. Don't, I don't. I'm going to just start acting like a complete. As long as we it's both my start bad talking behavior. at the same time, that's the problem with talking on the internet. You often what? talk at the same time. Did I talk over you? I'm sorry. We were I talking over can't. each other. I just I can't hear you. I am blocking you out. Sound <laughs> that's bad behavior. Let me give you a million dollars. Oh, thank you, Doctor Phil. You kind of look like Doctor Phil. If you had a mustache, you're bald. Husky. Is that all that's required? You're not as husky, husky as you used to be. How much weight have you lost now? Um, it's now 32 pounds. <laughs> it was you, 40, but it's now 32. You gained eight pounds. How did you do that? Did Dan Hughes uh, start did he sab- sabotage you? Well, I started, I, I'm no longer ill as bad as I was. So my appetite has returned in full force, which is a dangerous, dangerous thing for me. So yeah, I've been eating my weight in uh beer. Oh, yeah. I noticed you, you said the other day that you were drinking Budweiser, which really disturbed me because Budweiser is not a... Uh, the king of beers? It's not a quality beer um, by any means. And and I just was worried because that's a lot of calories, empty calories. It is a lot of empty calories. But, but now I'm drinking Coors Light. I'm not trying to body shame you uh, because I do that all the time in person. I don't want to... I'm trying to keep that off the podcast because people are like, now messaging messaging me saying I shouldn't be so harsh or mean towards you. I don't, I don't, it does no it does no good. You don't it doesn't listen. stop me. I just don't do it on a podcast. I do it <laughs> to your face, <laughs> to your fat face. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Actually, I'm very proud that you're that you're actually taking your health serious Uh-oh. for once and doing this plant based diet and losing weight. Thirty two pounds is a lot of weight. If I lost thirty two pounds, I'd be dead. Oh, good for you. 
that was a that's a backhand backhanded uh, compliment towards yourself. It is. It's very true. <laughs> I am so thin. If I lose so... any more weight, I will die of malnutrition. I am at the perfect weight for me. Mm. My did BMI you know the, uh, is negative. Did you know the shortest war in history lasted thirty eight minutes? Uh, wasn't that like a pig war or a sheep war or something? They fought over an animal. Who knows? Who who knows history? It was the, I'm sure was that's... it the Dutch? No, no Dutch involved here. Uh, the Sultan of British protected Zanzibar died. Zanzibar. And a new one took over without British approval in 1896. The Brits were not happy. When are the Brits ever happy? They're constantly throughout their history. They're just at war with everybody. No, no, no. They were just, they just getting it done. Tension escalated. Tension. <laughs> they were trying to spread their stuff. Uh, sowing their wild oats. Tension escalated when Sultan Khalid bin Bargash refused to step down, but the British warship spent less than 40 minutes bombarding the palace before Khalid fled, making the end of the Anglo-Zanzibar War. 38 minutes. Mm, that was quick. Well, that's as. They need to make a board game about that war. A war game. It can last last. no longer than 40 minutes. That's an idea that I'm sure that if you would pitch to GMT Games or Victory Point, they would do it. They make some quality games. I've actually got, uh, I still have the new, the hunted solo submarine game that I have not broke out and I've been desperately wanting to play, but. Nah, that's that's another was podcast. It, is it a new or a second edition or I know it's a, a new one. They had the what? hunters where you are the German U boat U U boot U boat das boot good uh, boot das boot from 1939 to 1943. You're the hunters, and then now you're the, saying about that you're a Canadian now. Now you're the hunted from like 1944. Oh, to flip the script. Mm, yeah, sequel. Flip the script, bro. I've been yeah. I've been watching uh, Cobra Kai. Flip the script. I have script. not watched I have not watched Cobra Kai. I I just can't bring myself to. But I'm sure if one of if my wife and I need to I don't watch understand something, why. What do you mean by that? You can't bring yourself to. What does that mean? I don't like watching television. I honestly don't like watching it. I have to super enjoy a a show or a film or a television show. Show that television. refers to everything we know. Go ahead. Right. Uh, and I have to be able to to binge it because I just I don't like Cobra television. Kai, very bingeable, thirty minute episodes. Love yeah, it. television is just not my medium of entertainment. I enjoy talking to my overweight Chilean friend over the internet, or playing heavy board games with my wife. He- heavy board, not more medium weight board games with my wife. And uh, I'm a father. I'm a daddy, as previously referred to. So my children, occasionally I like to look at them and speak fondly to them. Let's play some games, daddy. That's right. No, that I, wife, hey, that I've actually played, um, this is a game that Onitama, that two-player chess-like game where you have the cards and you make the moves. You know what I'm talking about. Onitama. The, I'm always making moves. What you talking about? Right. Uh, my eight-year-old beat me at that game legitimately, and she understood Onitama. it and enjoyed it. Yeah, and Onitama is a great game. It's one of Enrique's favorites. <sighs> uh, yeah, quick two I, player. I lost to Enrique several times at BGG. I don't care for Onitama. I, I noticed that I, I, I have it, and 
the only reason I kept it was because of Enrique. And I thought, well, you know, it says on the box that this is, you know, lightweight enough. I'll, I'll play it with Kaya and she really enjoys it and is good at it. And, I mean, I see the merit. I see the quality. I appreciate the game and what it does. I just don't like it. Well, I know you don't like it, but it, it's one of those games where people who are old chess players like myself, I like playing chess, but at the same time, chess is hard to play with other people because there's generally a disparity. If you hear any beeping in the background, it's my wife making biscuits. Right, I'm and assuming gravy. a microwave is ready for your popcorn or something. No, she's making biscuits and gravy because that's that's what you do in the South. Yeah, It's dinner time. Dinner time, sure. dinner time. Dinner time. Breakfast is any dime for me. It's like Except the I don't Cracker eat, Barrel I don't eat eggs here. or sausage oh, anymore. Thinking of the Cracker Barrel, I just read this. Diet. They're serving yeah, alcohol now. You can get crunk at the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> barrel of beer. Cracker Does that barrel not make fun. you want to go to the Cracker Barrel? Did, do they have a Cracker Barrel up north? I know they have it like in Kentucky and Tennessee, but like up towards the northern states like Kansas. Uh, it's a generic. Uh, no, they're Cracker like a Barrel wannabe. Oh, they food. serve they serve chicken fried steak and eggs, and they think they're a super country. Well, they're not. They're not. You know, they are generic country, but they do serve country food. It's a franchise. It's fine if you want to pay overpriced prices for generic food. Sure, go to Cracker well, Barrel. It, well, yeah. Well, it's it's Southern food, and the Yankees don't know about it. They don't understand. Hey, they think it's a novelty to eat hey, biscuits and gravy at six o'clock at night. I just realized I have an open beer can to my left, and I like looked at the condensation pattern on it, and it's like up to the brim. I'm like, but I'm drinking this open can of beer to my right. Apparently, I opened both cans of beer, so I'm double fisting beer cans. <laughs> Well, that's not that will maybe certainly I've help. Had, maybe I've had one too many. I didn't realize one was open. Uh, speaking oh, of yeah, one too many, oh, yeah. I want to talk about Marco Polo. <laughs> There's two of those now, and there has been oh, segway. Look at you, hard murder. You didn't bother with that on our last podcast. Yeah, um, Marco Polo, like the original, which came I need out. My I think bumpers. I think the original came out in 2015. Oh, no. Don't ignore me. I need my segment bumpers. Please send those. Put them in the Dropbox. It's that uh, easy. All right. All right. All right. I'll I'm get your segment I'm tired of harassing bumpers. you. The, the reason I'm holding off that on the segment bumpers. That will make this professional. We can sound okay. and do whatever we want, but as long as we have bumpers, that'll be professional. I, I just thought you double fisting Budweiser would make us professional. Uh, That's it. Nigel, the person who which we named that does our intro, is no longer on Fiverr.com. Go to Fiverr.com for all your audio needs. Um, he was no, Go ahead. He was on vacation, so I had to have somebody else do the bumpers and the other intro stuff for us. So it's not Nigel? It's not Nigel. It's, oh. it's, 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 it's NN. It's not Nigel. And I'm ashamed because I really like Nigel, but he was on vacation or on leave and had been for like a year. So or I had fired to use for fraud. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Fiber's so a little sketchy to me. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But so if I if I if you happen to get the bumpers from me and use it on this episode, it's of a female voice who I really oh, did and, and female I think Nigel. she did I think she did a nice job. 
on is our audience. Is she British stuff. to match Nigel? I don't think she's British, but she's doing a British accent. Which to <laughs> m- <laughs> well, so. I could have done the bumpers then. No, welcome no, to not, the not board game she's, snob. She kind of has like that. Uh, do you remember when? Segment. Oh, uh, what's the blonde? The actress, the blonde actress that was that was English, but she did the British accent for so long, and she won so many Oscars. What was Gwyneth Paltrow? Not Gwyneth Paltrow. What's Madonna? Not Madonna. She was on um, Helen Mirren. Oh, she's not. Um, Tell me who Zellweger. she's not. Zellweger. We'll narrow it down. Yeah, what's her face? Zellweger did a British accent. Yeah, some show she did a British. She did a terrible British a accent. Yes, on a show, and I think she did it with Hugh Grant, which Hugh Grant is also another terrible British accent. Nine and is a half really, months. Huh? No, no, I was thinking nine and a half weeks and nine and a half months. <laughs> the erotic film about Hugh Grant having a baby. <laughs> nine and a half weeks is not not how that works. Oh, okay. Zellweger, so, move on. So Renee Zellweger hard merges <laughs> yeah. us into Marco Polo. So we're going to talk about Marco Polo because we played Marco Polo again. Hey, Jerry. Real, yeah. Marco. Renee Zellweger. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's a better addition. Uh, that's a new variant. Instead of Marco Polo, someone ra- yells Renee and you yell Zellweger. Hmm. Where is she like, at? You don't even see her anymore. Uh, She did some like, was it Chicago or some musical? She did a lot of musicals there for a minute or shows that had a lot of music in them. She did I, Chicago and then yeah. she did her Bridget Jones after Jerry Maguire where she completed Tom Cruise. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't see her anymore. You got to be a heck of a woman to complete Tom Cruise. That man is a national treasure. T. Cruz. He's up there <laughs> he with B. Dick in my book. Um, Marco Polo or MP, M. Polo. M. Po? M. Po. That's a great M-po. game. Uh, Marpo. Polo. On our, using our new red scale, our rules, enjoyment, and decision scale, how would you rate Marco Polo on a scale of one to five? Rules? Uh, very light. I'd say mm, two. I think I'd agree with that. Uh, what's the E? Energy and enjoyment. Enjoyment. Mm, that's like a that's like a three. Now, how 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 far do the decimal point system go? Is it just point five? I just do point five. Okay, you don't want to go like three point seven six. If you're getting that specific, <laughs> then you're on the wrong podcast. I will go a three point seven six on enjoyment. And development. Um, that's going to be decisions. Decisions. Ooh, see, decisions. Now, that's a tough one. Mm, that's a, I give that a 3.47. You rated Marco Polo much lower than what I would have thought. Really? Yeah. See, I really think the rules are, I agree with you on the rules, but the enjoyment to me is like a four. Like, I really What did I say? Marco. I don't remember. You said 3.76. Like uh, no, it's really good. No, see, I'm of I'm of the ilk that while I do enjoy Marco Polo, I don't want to rate it too high. Is that a, is that a mistake? I think this is a mistake, and I just did it. Just no, don't, now, I just don't, did it. Don't, don't. I, I think it's a mistake for me and other reviewers. 
reviewers. I'm not a reviewer. And other people that review board games, though, legitimately, it's like everyone is afraid to go to the, like, one out of ten, everybody's afraid to go ten. Bam. One to five, this game is a five. Bam. If you enjoy it, if you loved it, just say five. But I'm say afraid it. and I'm scared that I'm going to say, oh, if I go too high, that like, that like makes me seem like, I don't know. Like, I think people feel like that illegitimizes their opinion. But I'm going to go, I'm with you. I'm going to go four. You completely. I love, I, I loved Marco Polo. It's I love fun. Marco Polo. Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Michael? Uh I enjoyed Michael Polo so much <laughs> that when I played Marco Polo 2, uh, which to me, if you don't own the original Marco Polo, then go ahead and seek out Marco Polo 2. Uh, it, it focuses more on the travel aspect of the game. It makes it to where in the original game, what you're doing is, of course, you're... you're Marco Polo or one of his contemporaries and you're traveling across the board utilizing dice placement and you know how I hate dice placement and asymmetrical powers to complete contracts and to place your trade stations across this board. In Marco Polo 2, you're doing the exact same thing, but you focus more on the travel and it really cuts down on an area that was an advantage in Marco Polo the original where people like Enrique would use a player power to focus more on the contracts and just fulfilling contracts over and over and over without traveling, which made the game feel broken, but was a legitimate uh, strategy. Marco Polo two fixes that. So I think Marco Polo has the edge. Marco Polo two has the edge on the original, but both of the games are great. Absolutely amazing games by uh, the designer whose name is who? Knizia. He creates everything. It wasn't Reiner. It oh. wasn't Ar- it wasn't Arkin. Um It was Lassini. Simone? Tassini. Tassini, Daniel. Uh, uh no. It was Samion Luciani and Daniel Tassini. It was D Tass and S Luke Luke. S Luke. And Cy Luke. Yeah. Great. 2015 was the original Voyages of Marco Polo. So why are we discussing this again? The reason we're discussing it is because we played it again, and we play it differently than most people because the hook of Marco Polo are the character cards which allow for asymmetrical powers to each player, and we don't use them. We like to play it it symmetrical instead of asymmetrical, which a lot of people... All the same. Yeah, we like to be the same. No We're that way. player powers. Uh, sorry, we like equality. Do you yeah. do you not like equality? This if podcast you know. ain't for you, bro. That's right. Get out. Uh, it's ranked number forty six overall on BGG, huh. so it's top fifty board well, games good. of all time. That's good. It I deserves to be it. there. It's a great game. Great Where do game. you put it? I, we've had this discussion, but I forget. As I forget everything, where do you put this game in? Uh, as opposed to Lorenzo. Man, I go back and forth. I actually looked at a forum the other day that asked what was Simeone Lucchiani's uh, best board game. And I had to really consider, is that up there with Lorenzo? And Lorenzo, to me, is a much tighter game, but it lacks variety. It it lacks replayability. Mm -hmm. The same cards come out each game. I would say that Voyages of Marco Polo is a better designed game, even though 
I really think that our, I, I think it in terms of worker placement, uh, Lorenzo has the upper hand, but Marco Polo in terms of repay repayability, Marco Polo is the game. If, if, if someone come up to me and said, should I buy Marco Polo too? Or Lorenzo, I think I would always direct them to, to Marco Polo. I think the game I enjoy the most is whichever one I'm playing at the time. That's very uh, fickle of you. Well, that's the way I feel. I enjoyed Marco Polo as we were playing. I'm like, man, this is a good game. Every time we break out Lorenzo, I'm like, man, this is a good game. Mm-hmm. I feel the so same you're about just both. Fickle. No, not fickle. I enjoy them both equally. Is that not allowed, sir? I enjoy. I, I rate Lorenzo a four as well. Let but me I tell enjoy, you. What. I you, enjoy Lorenzo you, for the tightness reason, and I know we need to have another. I don't even remember if we we were going to have a discussion on what does tight mean. Like you're so restricted in what you can do. Lorenzo has that. Marco Polo right. doesn't have that. I mean, it does because like you don't have the the camels and the gold and the stuff necessary to make the moves. But Lorenzo is tight in the fact that like literally you can't go there because somebody's already there. And uh, I don't know. They're both they're both up there for me. I can't I could I can't decide. I can't decide at this moment. Well, that's that's because you're not a father because you're not a daddy. When you got kids. You always know which one you like better than the other. Which one you like better? I'd rather not say because my kids might be listening. <laughs> As a matter of fact, my daughter just walked into the room. Hello. Hey. Hello, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jack? Speaking of Jack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. But I understand, your, I understand it's very difficult to have games that you like side by side and be able to break them down. I, I will say that Lorenzo is a much heavier game in terms of the decisions. Like uh, how many times have you played Marco Polo and went, Oh, I can't do this. I need to do this. No, Marco Polo, you pretty much have an idea what you, what you're going to do. And if you get blocked or can't afford to do it, you go on to your second best choice. Well, that's and what Lorenzo, I was going to say is that in Marco Polo, well, I mean, I kind of said it, but not really said it in Marco Polo. You're not blocked per se, unless it's a uh, blue square. Whatever. There's one you can that blocks you. There's one that doesn't. Marco Polo, you can go to some of the same spots as other people. You just have to have the money to do it. Right. And I think that, to me, Marco Polo is, like I said, more replayability. It's better. But also, in Lorenzo, it's just the decisions. You're always – Lorenzo is much tighter. And we need to have a topic discussing tightness. (laughs) Because we've said that several times. And I, to me, just briefly, to define what tightness is, when I say a game is tight, I'm actually referring to two things. One, Bubba the Sparks. scoring. I hate having a game that there's a runaway leader in terms of the scoring. I like that the game scores are always end up being very close, only a few decisions away from, from this person being the victor over the other person. And also the tightness being in terms of a worker placement, which I think that's a caveat, is that I can't just go wherever I want to go. I have to be restricted because of either the game itself or other players' decisions. You went to a spot that I needed to go and I couldn't go there. Or you did something that resulted in 
there being an absence of a resource or a building or something that now I have to change my plans. That's what I refer to in tightness. I would not recall, I would call Marco Polo a tight game in terms of scoring. I would not call it a tight game in terms of, of actual uh, gameplay. Whereas Lorenzo, I would definitely say is a tight game in both gameplay and scoring. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. I'm yes. glad you agree with me. Sorry. I was looking up Bubba Sparks lyrics. Oh, that's completely helpful. Go ahead and share <laughs> if you'd like. Because Actually, I can't. I can't. This is a family podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, is Bubba Sparks, is B Sparks that? We're just going to start referring to people as the initial and then the initial, a somehow and then, cut down version of their last name from here on out. Let me see. Bubba Sparks. Now, there's a Sparks like Spark Plug. But then there's Sparks with its, uh, the KS is replaced with a triple X. That's the one you want. I'm going to assume he's the triple X version. I'm going to see net worth. He's the AC of the DC of the Sparks. (laughs) Bubba Sparks net worth as of this moment, this being, uh, I'm not sure when this was, 800,000. So not bad. Not bad. He's hanging in there. I don't have 800,000. Do you have 800,000? Probably. Uh, uh, You're a rich nurse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're really banking off this covid stuff we're really <laughs> you're yeah, raking, we're raking it, in. it in you and all we're your rake- ot in the er oh yeah we're just killing it no no pun intended we're just raking it in <laughs> yeah it's great you've been talking to charles it's great time to be great time to be with a nurse? all this extra oh <laughs> uh, um also what we replayed Speaking of on money. our on our game of replaying on our day of replaying games, we play Marco Polo. We played Ponzi Scheme. This now, is the go ahead. Ponzi Scheme was a game that I desperately wanted and sought after for a long time. It requires three players. As soon as I bought it and read the rules, I thought nobody will like this game. Like I'll enjoy it. It will be another one of those games for which Enrique and Gabi will hate. You may now continue. You know you don't know us. Clearly, I don't, I, I don't know you anymore. Ponzi scheme is a game about uh, is the is well, it's exactly what it says. It's a Ponzi scheme game. You're taking money and trying to last as long as you can, paying bills with other money you've taken from other areas to pay your bills until somebody goes bankrupt first. You're just trying to not go bankrupt before the other person does. It's inevitable. You can't stop it. Um, this game. Is it's got it's got some bidding, some hidden bidding in it. Offering, it's offering. So you do this, you do this neat little thematic thing where at the beginning of each turn, you're taking a tile that represents your investment in a certain company or a certain segment of the of the market, and you want those tiles because that's scoring at the end of the game. You want to have as many of them as possible. And so what you do is on your turn, you make a offer to another player. You put a certain amount of money, because money's all hidden, in this little wallet, this little pouch, and you hand For it to them. And they can do company. one of two things. They can accept the offer and give you the tile or they can double they could double the offer. They can put that amount of money of their money in the wallet, hand it back, and take one of your tiles. So and that there's me- what, four companies total? Yeah, about four companies total. And that's what makes it so interesting is because you have to be able to offer enough money that they'll take the money 
and not low enough to where they'll put their money in and take a tile from you because that's rather devastating. Or maybe you want their money. Maybe but you're yeah, hoping. it's not. It kind of works both ways. Even yeah. if they take your tile from you, well, you've got now doubled your money. I offered you 10 bucks for this. They rejected it. They took my piece, but now I have 20 bucks instead of 10. So it kind of works. It does but- work. And that whole Ponzi scheme of you taking at the beginning of each turn, taking a, it's sort of like a loan, which anybody yes. knows that in board gaming loans are bad, but Ponzi scheme is all about taking this money and using that money to pay off interest on other things for which you've taken. So you're, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And we have did a review on this game like a year and a half ago because I loved it so much. I thought it was such a great game and I forgot what a wonderful game it was and how easy it is to teach how quickly it, it comes together. We picked this game up and, and just right away, remembered the rules and started playing. It's not heavy. No, it rules, certainly isn't a one. No, I well, it a two, 1.5. Maybe the, the rules are a little bit heavier because it's played so differently. I'm not saying it's super heavy by any means. It's just that I, I don't know another game that does this. No, it's it's a unique game, and it's there are other games. Uh, what's the last wheel where you're trying to spend all your money? Right. But this one is like you're not. I mean, you're not trying to spend all your money. You're trying to hang on and not go bankrupt before the person to your left or right goes bankrupt, and that's interesting. Uh, there's strategy in which cards you take and how much money they give you, and. It also tells you how much money you, the interest you will have to pay on that card. So if I take this card and it gives me $50 right now, well, when the time comes, there's a little wheel that you rotate around and it will tell you when you had to pay what. When it comes back around that card, I took this card, it's going to give me 40 now, but I'm going to have to pay $55 when the card spins back around to me. But before that, I'm going to take out another loan of $60 but I'll have to pay later. I mean, it's exactly, it is exactly super thematic in that it is a Ponzi scheme. Like you said, taking from Peter to pay Paul. So I'm taking loans to pay loans that I will not eventually ever be able to pay back, especially if the bear market hits and you have to spend it twice and blah, blah, blah. But I love this game. I told Jerry, I said, I don't know why this genre of game for me, myself, I don't tout, like, I always feel not bad, but like a uh, high society, modern art. Those are more auction bidding games. This game has, that's an aspect of it. But the real thing is the decision on what money to take and how much you have to pay for that later. Because if you go bankrupt, then that's the only time that whoever has the most of those city points counts. But for me, the fun is just hanging in there, being able to pay your costs when it comes back around to you. I love money games, especially anything with any sort of auction or bidding. I, those are two different aspects. But that's a genre that is in the top two for me of what I enjoy playing board game mechanisms and Ponzi schemes. One of the only games for which we've all lost. Like we all lost the game outright where we busted and couldn't pay the interest on, which is a neat little mechanism where all the players can just lose. Cause 
one player ends the game by busting and they can't possibly win. So that's that's a neat little. Neat it's little. like high society in that aspect. The person with the right. least amount of money is already out. But in Ponzi's game, if that bear market hits, especially it spins the wheel twice as opposed to just once. Right. So then you not only own this amount, you own the next amount as well. And so we played the la- the game before this one. Uh, somebody went out, I don't remember who, but the wheel spun and none of us could pay our bills. Yep. So we all lost at the same time. This last time, I forget, you and Enrique went out, but I managed to hang on with like yeah, 10 you hang, bucks. You hang in there. And so if you like games like High Society, uh, which is a great game, another awesome game being Modern Art, another awesome game being Spider-Canitius. If you like any type of money games, so to speak, economy games, and you're looking for something different, Ponzi Scheme's the way to go. I, I think it's been on sale at the miniature market several times the past several months. It's a great game. It's a great Yeah, it's game. like a, it, to me, it's a good twist on the genre. It is. It is. And I think it's, it's one of those games that takes a theme and a mechanic and puts that nice little twist on it, and it offers something different than any other economy game out there, just like Bubba Sparks. Agreed. That's all I got time for. My wife's in the background making gravy. I've heard Daddy shouted several times, so I'll let you go. Uh, hey, this is, a, this is not a this is not an adult podcast. I got to get off here. I got to eat my biscuits and gravy. All right, bye, bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.